It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might be coming up. Session as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping. Over to moving and shocking. I'm Scrooge McDuckin in Opix. Welcome, fellow Uplanders, to another episode of the Upix Podcast. I am your host, Too Stupid to Win. Uh, this is not a full-blown episode, but uh, we're interviewing Rob Cove from Upland. If you don't know, he is the king of Upland trades. He has hit over 10,000 trades in the Upland metaverse uh, since he started playing a little over a year ago. Um, he is... Not in my time zone, so it makes it pretty difficult for him to join the live recording. We've been working on this for a little over a month. Um, Thank Me Later was unavailable today, so this is just a special episode Um, on YouTube. We will have the interview channels where we'll break out all the players that we've interviewed over time, so you can just watch those videos. So this will be released under that aspect, and it will be a special episode on the podcast, and this would be episode 125. And before I get any further, I'll read the show disclaimer. The views, information, and opinions expressed on the Upix podcast are solely those of myself, Thank Me Later, B-Dag, and T-Davis, and any guests of the podcast, and do not necessarily represent, reflect those of Upland Me, Inc. We are not employed by or provided insider information from the Upland Me, Inc. team, nor are we financial advisors or investment advisors. All discussions about properties, types of properties, or any other NFTs in Upland to buy or sell or trade is not financial advice. Please do your own research first, and we do not guarantee any particular outcome from participating in Upland. There is a potential loss from participating in the purchase sales or investing in Upland in the metaverse. And as Thank Me Later always says, it's just a game, and he is a gamer that puts in thousands of dollars every year in games and doesn't expect any return. So, I cleared up the disclaimer for anybody else, and yes, I've lengthened it. Uh, it was pointed out by some listeners that I needed to include some of these other aspects, so I did. Um, but without any further ado, we'll get uh, Rob up on the show. How are we doing this evening, Rob? I'm good. I'm very good. How are you? Doing excellent. So d- is it Rob Cove, like with without the yeah, E? Or- uh, yeah, it's Rob, Rob Cove. So basically, Cobb stands for Coventry, which is uh, where I, where I was originally from in England, and I'm a Coventry City fan, like uh, football supporter. So that's where it came from. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense there. I like learning people the history behind why they picked their usernames. Um, do appreciate you taking the time and joining us on the podcast. Um, so you hit ten thousand trades. When did you hit that? Uh, it was probably maybe three, four weeks ago, maybe. Um, it does sound like an insane number, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, that is an insane number. If you, if you look here, you know, you're number one at 10,655 trades. And I just pulled that down. You know, this is record, this is being recorded on March 6, 2022. So I just pulled this down uh, a couple of minutes before we started recording. The person in second place is in Venom, and the only reason he's there is because he cashed out of Upland and traded all his properties to Dizzy. So that uh, means number three is Drickus, and he's at 3,859. So you are almost 
3x higher than the next closest player that is actively playing in Upland. That's that's just an insane number. <laughs> it is, to be honest, but it's... Um, when you look at that number, it, I mean, it's not... It, it doesn't necessarily translate to huge, huge profit. I mean, I've done, I've done well, but some people have made more than me, obviously. Um, how I look at it is uh, I kind of want to be known as somebody who offers really, really good value. So my markups are kind of not that high. Um, I had a period of time where I was kind of selling at around 8% markup on Mint, which sounds ridiculous, but... In real life, I kind of um, I have a, a small holding or, or a, a homestead, is what some of you guys in the US would, would would say. And how I look at upland is it's a bit like when you want to farm an area of land, you sow your seeds, but you then harvest way, way down the line. Um, so my strategy is kind of sow the seeds by buying properties and then selling them on and flipping and flipping and flipping. Um, to the point where each amount um, you make off each property is then reinvested into another property, so it carries on going, growing and growing, um, and effectively the amount of money you make in each month in dividends increases very, very gradually. But in the space of kind of like a year, it's it's growing significant. Um, I remember in the first kind of first few months I was kind of making the equivalent of maybe a dollar a day or something um, and I thought to myself why why are you doing this but I kind of have stuck to a vision in the sense that I'll be rewarded later down the line um, and over the past few months it's increased quite a lot and it's and, and how I see it is it, it's like compound interest compound interest is, is extremely powerful um and that's essentially what my strategy is 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 essentially um compounding and offering really really good deals to people to keep people interested and and play my part in keeping the market liquid nice uh how did you find upland um i was referred to it by a guy who i used to know on a totally different platform it was a it was like a football stock exchange which has since gone bust <laughs> um and that's a totally different story in itself but um i was looking for something to kind of fill that void um and a friend of mine sent it to me and um i'm interested in kind of um i enjoy maps and looking at data um so, so i'm a little bit geeky in that sense and yeah it kind of hooked me pretty much straight away oh nice uh, so a football stock exchange i, I definitely got to hear that story at a later date that sounds interesting and <laughs> in it's in itself um so you got rolling in upland when what was the thing that really was it an instant hook for you or did you play it and you came back to it or you know walk us through your your first uh first little experience with upland yeah, so I, I kind of had a look on, I think it was the, the Telegram group, which I joined first of all, um, and had a little read on that, and then looked on YouTube at a few videos, and um, and decided to, I think I deposited like $50 or something like that, just enough just to 
get a, a feel for the game. Um, I see a lot of people on Discord and on Telegram sometimes complain that it's really hard to get going. But one thing I would say is that maybe chuck in $50 if you can afford it um, because it does make the game better in my view and it, and it gets you going a little bit quicker. Um, so I think I started out in Brooklyn, I think it was. So I bought a load of um, FSAs in Brooklyn um, and basically sold two a week. And I can't remember how many I had. I had quite a few because the mint prices were, I think they were like 800 UPX or something like that at the time. So it took me like about six, seven months to sell them all. But I, I did make a nice profit on it. Um, and then... I ended up buying a few non-FSAs um, and then a lot of my focus was on minting properties um, when new cities were released. So Chicago, I remember Chicago, I minted hundreds and hundreds of properties, but I didn't necessarily have a massive kind of like cash flow. So I, I was kind of sometimes playing with maybe a hundred or 200,000 UPX. So I was buying them, flipping them and then, rinse and repeat over and over and over again and it sounds ridiculous but because I did I couldn't commit my own funds to the game um, at that point um, occasionally I do now but at the time I didn't want to commit any money into the game because I because I was testing it out to see you know if if I felt like the game would succeed and what kind of future it had so every single day, I was probably putting in like two or three hours every morning just minting properties over and over and over again. Um, and it was, I mean, I think it was bordered, bordering on insanity, to be honest. I, I don't think many people could actually do what I, what I did, <laughs> the sheer number of kind of properties I was minting. But I just saw it as an opportunity where, you know, you have a goal. So, so ultimately, my goal is to, is to make a million dollars on Upland, which sounds ridiculous, but each day I kind of record what my um, portfolio balance is and then I just try really hard to, to try and increase it each day and then compound it. Um, and if you look at kind of um, cryptocurrencies and that kind of thing, yes, you can um, make a lot of money off it, but you can lose a lot of money as well. And you're not necessarily in control of that investment. You have to rely on, on kind of like so many different things to fall in place. Whereas I think with Upland, players have got more control. Um, obviously, you, you've got more you know, market forces at play, but generally I think you're kind of more in charge of your destiny than investing in other cryptos. Um, that's, that's kind of my opinion on it. Um, but... Yeah, I think as somebody who wants to play the game and doesn't have too much money, then I think it's about time and kind of studying and talking to different people. Um, obviously, you know, there's your podcast um, and there's so many different groups on Discord, uh, which people can join as well, uh, which is which is one way to kind of learn. I think... Yes, yes. If you have funds, then by all means invest. If you if you think it's going somewhere, but if you don't have the funds, then it doesn't mean that you're priced out of the game. It, it makes it a bit harder, but that's the challenge. And 
what what I did after probably two three weeks, I decided to kind of like record um, how much I was making each day, and it went on for quite a few months where I wasn't making too much because I'd only put in fifty dollars, but each day I was making a little bit more. So, you know, maybe after a few weeks I was making a dollar a day, then after maybe another few weeks I was making one dollar twenty five a day, and it's just grown gradually and to the point that each day it gets a little bit more and more and more. But with the compounding of interest, it's it's frightening what you could potentially make. So I went on to like a uh, a compound interest calculator and I put, if you made 1% a day, which doesn't sound a lot, and it is difficult, but if you were to put in, I think it was like, uh, I can't remember the amount, but the... The amount of interest you'd make over a period of 12 months is absolutely insane. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I think you can make more money on Upland at present than invested in certain stocks and shares, um, and you're kind of a little bit more in control of it. But at the same time, Upland is, I would say, in startup mode, really, and there are risks involved. And I was involved with the... Uh, football stock exchange game a few years ago um thankfully i managed to get out just in time but there were some people who were left with thousands of pounds of um losses through the company going bust so never invest more than what you can afford um to lose and don't i would say don't get into a position where you think nothing can ever go wrong because things can go wrong and sometimes people have too much faith in a product. Um, so just have a, 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 a balanced head when when thinking about investing your, your hard-earned money into any kind of product, um, which kind of includes Upland as well. Uh, that's just my two cents on things with that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty sound advice. And we made the analogy when we did the FSA video uh, for the Fair Start Act that, hey, it's like a video game. If, if you're a gamer and you used to buy video games, go ahead, put the $50 in, you know, and get going. It, it gives you a head start, but it doesn't overly commit you. So that that's pretty, pretty awesome. You, you kind of had the same mentality. You just didn't tie it to video games, but it was something you could afford that you thought was worth your time and, uh, and that you could part with to do it. So very, very wise there. Um, can you explain your block your custom block explorer i I never looked at it too closely till i was trying to make graphics here for uh, Uh, bringing you on (laughs) i'm like it's a baby uh, in a diaper with spiders oh wait this Uh, isn't your costume this is the halloween i'm sorry not not yet yeah yeah sorry about that um yeah i've got one i've got one um being made at the minute um and um I'll give people a clue. It's it's kind of uh, well. I'll, I'll just say what it is. It's going to be like a um, an Irish leprechaun. So um, I, I wanted to go for a leprechaun because they're a little bit mischievous and uh, good fun, and maybe the look of the Irish as well could play a part in in, in me kind of reaching my goal. Um, so yeah, um, no, that would be a cool. Also. That would be a cool block explorer. I had have not seen a leprechaun running around Upland yet. So yeah, so so I've got like um, 
goal you know I'd, I'd, i kind of set myself little goals to achieve like make this much by this amount of time and sometimes i reach and sometimes i don't but if if you don't have goals set in place it's really easy just to kind of become a little bit lazy i think sometimes yeah the, the passive game I, I still can't work out if buying a property and leaving it for 12 months and then selling it makes more money than flipping um, that one property like 80, 90 times or whatever. Um, it's really difficult to say, but I personally prefer that way because it feels like I'm more invested in the game um, and it's more fun. Um, so I think there's plenty of plenty of different ways to skin a cat in Upland. So I don't think there's, there's, there's one best strategy at all. I think there's numerous things you can do. Um, and also kind of adapt as well. I think sometimes when you do one thing, it can work for a good while and then it stops working. So I think you have to kind of adapt your game a little bit. Um, I Absolutely. With, uh, I think it was Kansas and Chicago. Um, I think Kansas at one point, you were able to kind of mint under the market floor. So I can't remember what it was, the floor, but it was almost like you could kind of mint and then sell straight away within kind of a few minutes and you were kind of making, um, it was about the equivalent of like a dollar, something like a thousand UPX, um, which doesn't sound a lot, but when you're doing kind of a hundred, I mean, I was averaging probably 150 trades a day. So that's like 150 roughly dollars worth, which is pretty insane. I mean, it was time consuming, but I thought to myself, once I've made that dollar, that dollar can then go into two dollars, three, five, ten dollars. Um, and at the start, I was looking at the community and I was thinking, "Wow, some of these guys have got so much money, or you know, worth in the game." I'm never going to be in that position, and I'm still not compared to a lot of players. But I'm I'm getting there bit by bit, and it's like if I put in. I remember. I think. I think I. Maybe at the start it was like fifty dollars worth, so I think maybe fifty properties at like a thousand UPX each. But now I'm in a position where I've been able to buy some houses um, on properties and stuff, and that's pretty cool. Um, I remember getting my first house, which I think I then sold it for like I think I sold it for like around fifty thousand UPX or something like that, and I was like, wow, this is cool. This is like twenty. I think I made something like. $20 worth or something like that. Um, and now I've, I've managed to get a, a an apartment. So <laughs> I, I never thought I'd, I'd be buying apartments, um, the large apartments, which are like huge. Um, so it's, it's interesting because there's always something different you can explore and you can make mistakes um, along the way. I mean, I, I've made some mistakes and I've got a few properties which I've probably paid a little bit too much for. Um, and you know, I'm not afraid to sell them cheap, sell them off if I think that the money could be working for me elsewhere. Um, and my biggest thing in life is that I believe I want money, money to work for me. Um, so every pound which I earn, I want it to then be working away whilst I'm sleeping, because you know, life is too short to be kind of um, working away and not having experiences so I kind of moved from the city to the countryside up in northeast Scotland and I'm very kind of time rich now um, 
and maybe not as cash rich, but hopefully your plan can change that a little bit. Yeah, um, and I so like I that that theory. Many, of... many work for you whilst you're sleeping. So whilst you're asleep, I almost treat money now as being little employees. So every dollar, pound, or whatever currency you're using, those they're basically working for you. So like now that I'm talking to you, you know. I'm earning a little bit in, in the dividends and stuff like that whilst I'm even talking to you or if I'm like today I went to the the beach today and you know, you're earning whilst you whilst you're having fun. Um so I think you make your own luck in life. I think the the harder you work with stuff or, or the smarter you work with stuff, the more chance that luck will appear. Um and, and people, you know, Hopefully, you know, in a, in a few years' time, I'll reach my goal and say to people, I've made this amount of money, and they'll be like, oh, Rob, you're so lucky. But it's not luck. It, you, you, you kind of make your own luck. Yeah, they didn't um, see the hours, you say, two to three hours a day just minting properties for your inventory and listing. And you're pretty active on Twitter, too, with your deals, and you're very transparent with it. Like, hey, I'm only going to make 8% profit on this one. Um, and I like how you do your research too, that, Hey, it has this building on it. So spark would cost you this much and I'm selling it for this much that, you know, the mint, you know, you, you broke it down that, Hey, I know I'm asking this much over mint, but the spark price will cost this. So mint plus the price that I'm asking, you know, this is overall. So you're still getting a deal and I'm still making a profit. People, what I would say is that on kind of like discord and on, or, and on, Telegram, you have so much, so many people marketing the properties, but it makes me laugh because I see the prices of some of these properties and I think, wow, this is absolute um, rubbish. Like, what are you doing selling at those prices? And it's and it's almost like I don't know. To me, I know it's a game and everything, but sometimes when I see some some of the prices of properties, people are, are, are asking for. I'm like, wow, you know, you, you, you're kind of ripping people off and, and and blatant lies sometimes. And it's like someone will say, oh, this is the cheapest property in this area. And I'll go on to kind of UPX land and the, the Spark Exchange websites, which are really good tools for people to kind of look at the prices. And it's way, way off. And I know things happen in real time and stuff and prices can change a little bit, but some of it's ridiculous. So... You know, when I go on to price my properties up, I'll look at the prices in an area um, and look at the markups because sometimes the markups can be slightly higher at the bottom end. So when you go on, say, for example, I don't know, LA or I don't know, any city, you look at, say, the bottom price, say, 8000 in LA maybe, um, and somebody's selling a property for 8000 but the mint price was like 2000 just as, a, as an example, people don't necessarily look at markup prices. They just look at price. And you think to yourself, you're paying 8,000 UPX for a property which was minted at, say, 2,000 UPX. But then if you do your homework, you could then buy a property uh, for 8,000, but the mint price was 7,000. And, and people, and I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that. Um, and they're paying over the odds for properties. It's like, at the minute I'm focusing quite a bit of time on buying um, properties with houses. So I think the bottom of the market at the minute in UPX is around 35,000 
EPX. Um, so I'm looking at properties around that kind of 30, 30 to 50,000 UPX and looking at the markups on them. Um, and I spotted, um, I don't know if it's the one on the screen, or there's a couple more which I bought recently, and I and I, and I saw a couple for 10,000 UPX were the mint prices, and there were people selling at the same price, but the mint price was 2,000 UPX. Um, or they might be selling a little bit cheaper, and it's in, and it's work. And what I would say is that when you look into value of property to buy, always look at the markup price um, to see how much over the mint price you're paying for that property. Um, don't just look at the cheapest price on the market because a lot of the time you can get better deals elsewhere. So look at the size of the property. So say if it's like a sixty, and then you spot one say like a hundred, if they're the same price, buy the hundred. Um, even if it costs you maybe a few hundred UPX more, you're getting more bang for your buck. And that's that's what I would say. Um, and just looking at Detroit, um, I've just gone in and minted a load of properties right at the bottom of the market, um, around 4 to $5 now. Uh, the FSAs are cheaper, but there's always people who want to buy in the secondary market, and I'm offering 8% on these ones. So I'm only making like, 100 200 upx on them but it's just something for me to do um and 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 i say that each you know upx i make it's more than what i had this morning and you know 10 of those or 20 of those will make me a couple of thousand um eventually it means i can buy another one um and then the dividends go up a little bit and what i would say is that yes you can kind of hold on to property so you could mint property at say 2000 upx and then a year's a year from now, it could be worth 20000 You could sell it for 20000 If you were to look at, say, like the mint price of 2000 versus 20000 and the rent you get, you're getting more rent on the 20000 So I think there's a point in time where property is worth selling to then upgrade to another property, but it's just working out, you know, the 5% selling fees. Um, and, that's really, and that's one thing which... I find difficult is knowing the best time to sell a property. I think that probably comes with experience um, and, and sometimes a little bit of luck because, you know, things can happen with the market and Upland decides to release a new city and that can have a knock-on effect on different places. Um, so, so, so not to cut you off there, but sure. that so Upland releasing another city, do, do you like it when they do that and the floor comes down? Because they're, in my opinion, they're doing pretty well with controlling the economy and controlling the secondary market with the city releases. For somebody that you know spends hours a day minting lower properties and flipping them, um, what is your take on that? I would say it's interesting because um, a couple of days before a city release, sometimes the market quietens down a little bit, but it gives people opportunity as well. Um, I kind of tend to look at the market and, and just see if stuff have, have kind of gone down. And there's a lot of players who will sell properties ridiculously cheap just so they've got some UPX to um, go go buy in new cities. Um, and obviously, with the new cities launching, there has been problems in the past where people have had a ton of UPX and then obviously the website's crashed, which isn't a great good thing. And then they're kind of a bit annoyed that they've sold properties too cheap to 
try and get into the action. So personally, I kind of have some UPX available for the new cities, but also have some um, UPX um, available to kind of try and get some decent deals before um, cities are opened. So a few of the um, so before LA launched the the market with houses um, was going up really really nicely. So I think it was some of them had gone up to like seventy odd thousand UPX, um, and I was thinking, oh, this is great. So I invested in some, um, sold some, and I've still got a few. And there's a couple of decisions where I thought, mm, I don't know, it's, it'll probably take a bit longer to sell, but I would say new cities. It, it, I think it's a good thing because you can kind of pick up some bargains. Um, I remember somebody selling. I think it was like a, a ranch house or something for like twelve thousand UPX, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, just to go and spend in a, in a new city. So I think sometimes new cities are great, but maybe they put all your eggs in in one basket with new cities. Maybe spread it around a bit um, and buy some bargains because people are looking to offload stuff. Um, yeah, and but, working with somebody like you in a new city is great because that means you don't have to travel. If you don't want to spend the time to travel, you don't want to spend the time minting. Yeah. You know that you're in the new city. You're minting some of the lower style properties, but you're only putting it up for, I've seen you put stuff as low as 6%, but you know, you're somewhere between six and 10%. You usually keep it under 10%. So working with you is usually great on a new city. If you don't want to travel. Now, one of the questions I did have on here, a couple, couple of people, you know, um, they, they said that, did, did you switch your st- strategy? Because some people are like, oh, that guy always makes lowball offers to me. So did, did you switch your strategy up? Was there a time you were making lowball offers or, or are you still doing no. it? Or are people considering your 6 or 7% lowball offers? No. Um, well, okay. So h- how I kind of played it to start with, I didn't do treasure hunts. Um, I didn't. I didn't go to new cities for launches and stuff, um, particularly. Um, I used to kind of wait until, you know, the, the software was sorted out and it was back up and, and that kind of thing. So I would kind of, I'd say the first kind of three, four months, or maybe up to six months, was spent just minting properties, primarily in um, Chicago, was, was was my main place where I did that. Um and now I, 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 I kind of did a lot of minting in um, Los Angeles and, and, and I've done a bit in Detroit. Um, in terms of kind of like property lowballing, like occasionally, occasionally before a city launch, I might lowball a little bit just to, just to get the reaction of, of, of someone. But it depends on... It depends on the property. So, say for example, like um, I, I wouldn't go under the the, the min floor in a city for like a, say like a non-collection property. So, say for example, you've got something um, around say like eight thousand. I wouldn't go in at like seven six or something like that. I wouldn't do that because it's just not worth it. And nine times out of ten, somebody isn't going to accept it. So it's a waste of your time in doing that. But if you see something on the market, which hasn't shifted for, say, 150,000 UPX, um, 
then yeah, I might go in at ninety, a hundred, just to just to kind of get someone's reaction. Um, but in the main, not really. Um, it's it. My main strategy is kind of like the minting of new properties and flipping them for probably eight, you know, up to ten percent, um, and then. If I can't do that, if the market's quieting down, um, because sometimes what happens is you can mint a city, and then the mint prices are, are are too high in comparison with the floor price. So if you're kind of minting it, say as an example, if if, if say the, the floor price was say ten thousand UPX, once you kind of get to about nine thousand. UPX mint floor, it can get harder, and also to, to 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 flip quickly. And also, what happens is at certain price points in the game, it gets harder to kind of sell. So, I find that a lot of players price in even numbers. So, if you so to if say for example the floor is ten thousand UPX, you, you might have say a hundred two hundred players all pricing that property at ten thousand. Um, UPX, and then it will go to say like two, ten thousand one hundred, ten thousand two hundred. Um, so I think when you're minting and you and you're trying to get rid of stuff, you've got to be careful with how how many properties are ahead in the in the sales queue. Um, but you do get you, you kind of get a fair bit of competition sometimes. So I've noticed in the past people have uh, tried to label me and, and, and go under even under kind of my prices, which are which I think are ridiculously cheap, um, but sometimes you, you you kind of have to kind of just take a step away and say, you know what, their properties will sell, and it it, it can get quite competitive. Like, um, and it's yeah, yeah, uh, it's 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 interesting, but it it's all good fun. It's all good fun. Oh yeah, and, and you know, if it was any other investment, and you're telling somebody you're getting an eight to a ten percent return religiously. A lot of people would be all over that, you know, because they say the U.S. Uh, New York New York Stock Exchange, on average, you know, it depends on who you talk to. It's between seven and twelve percent, but you know, you're flipping properties daily for eight percent, seven percent. So, I, I mean, in the long run, you got a great strategy. Um, you stick to it, and I think you're gonna make your million dollars here in Upland. Is that a million dollars that you've pulled off to the side, or just generated a million dollars overall? That's what that's that's my goal. That's my goal is to is to make that. So so I, I haven't. I, there's no way. I'm nowhere near that level at the minute. Um, it's going to take it. It's going to take me a, a couple of years to do it at least. Um, but it's like that's part of the journey, isn't it? It's like getting to that goal. So so I think once you reach that goal, yes, it's brilliant. And yeah, you know that could potentially be life changing. But it's kind of the satisfaction in in getting there. So all the kind of hard work I'm doing now and all the hours I'm putting in now, I'm not getting paid for right this minute. Um, and hopefully down the line. F- future, I'll, I'll you know, you're working now for the future. And then when you have the success, yeah. they're like, man, he got lucky, but they're not seeing what, what you've done there. But yeah. I really do appreciate you taking time this evening to spend with us. Um, that's about all the time that I have available at the moment. But, you know, you can reach him on Twitter. I have his Twitter out there. You can uh, find him in the Discord. And if, if you're looking for some good deals, definitely uh, hit Rob up. Um, he is one of the hardest working uplanders I know, um, especially in the secondary market. market. And hopefully that does clear the air for uh, some of the people with – 
with their high hopes or, you know, false accusations of low balling. Um, because this guy is, if you're a secondary market buyer, this is the guy you want to work with and uh, pick up these properties. And he always has an inventory um, on hand, and he's always on Twitter telling you so about I his- think, I think if, with regards to like lowballing, I think everyone's lowballed to, to, to a certain extent. Um, but if you look at kind of like my trading history, if you, if you look at kind of the, the mint price and then look at on the blockchain, you'll see that, I'd say 95% of all my properties were minted by myself. Um, and then, I'll, you know, I'll bang on kind of 8 10% mark up on top. Um, occasionally, you know, with, with city launches and stuff like that, then it's, it's kind of playing the game a little bit. Um, I've had people label me and I kind of just say yes or no. It, it depends, oh, yeah. you know. People want people want liquidity at the launch of new cities. And so it's kind of, it's, it's a strategy, but... It's like I wouldn't spend like my whole day kind of doing hundreds and hundreds of offers kind of thing because it's just a waste of time because it, it, it kind of means the UPX is trapped a little bit because it's not working because you're waiting for people to respond to you and that kind of thing. So I'd much right. rather have that many working for me. But, yeah, I think everyone's liable a little bit. And, and, it, and it's people's perspective too, you know. Some people think that if they're offered under 20% mint that it's it's a low ball. So, you, you know, it's perspective. And I was throwing that out there for some of the listeners that have made that comment there. It wasn't directed at you or what no, you're doing. No, 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 I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's, it, it, it's, it's fun, you know. All plants, it, it, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's funny. And it's, it's kind of like a soap opera going on in real time. Um, and that's what kind of I enjoy about it, you know negotiating with people you know i think i had somebody someone contacted me the other day and uh i think i had like a, an apartment for sale and stuff and it was it was a decent one i think it was like around 300,000 upx so a decent one and someone offered me i think it was i think it was like 80,000 upx so i just sent a, a message back saying you can't even rent the spark <laughs> to, to build it for that price so i think sometimes people are a little bit kind of yeah they try it on um, but it's but it's fun. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, thank you so much. Um, hang out backstage once I end the podcast. Uh, chat with you for a couple more minutes. Um, but I do appreciate your time, and you guys definitely find them on Twitter if you're looking for some uh, for some low markups on the secondary property. And uh, we look to have you on the uh, podcast here in the near future uh, with an update as you get closer to your goals. Oh, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. And if anyone wants to reach out, then yeah, uh, drop me a message. I'm more than happy to kind of share uh, some of the strategies which I've used and, and, and some of the mistakes along the way. Because I've made mistakes and and I think with social media, people tend to kind of just brag about every good bit. But there are downfalls and, 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 and stuff which I've done wrong and, and that kind of thing. But it's about kind of learning from it and yeah. Yeah, learning from it, helping everybody else out. So that, that's awesome. Um, everybody, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Upix Podcast. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribing to the video and hit that notification bell so you know when we go live for our weekly podcast or notified when we do post special uh, interviews like this. Uh, until you hear from myself and thank me later this week, everybody be safe and have fun. It's the Optics Podcast.
baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your optics, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping. Over to moving and shocking. I'm Scrooge McDuckin' in optics.